What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Pacer Pod. I'm recording this episode on Sunday, October 21st. The Pacers are three games into the 2018-2019 season. And so far, I would say from a bird's eye view here, um, they did about what you would expect. Uh, The Pacers opened up the season against the Memphis Grizzlies at home. Then they went to Milwaukee to play Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then last night on Saturday, they had a home game against the Brooklyn Nets. So before the season started, I think on paper you would say, all right, the Pacers should win the first game against Memphis. The game against Milwaukee is going to be tough. The game at home versus Brooklyn, they should win as well. And that's uh, actually exactly what happened. The Pacers crushed the Memphis Grizzlies on opening night, and they uh, really they looked they looked very very good. There was only it was only a game for maybe the first four minutes of the first quarter. Um, the team was everyone was firing. I would say on all cylinders, outside of uh, Darren Collison, who finished the game. I believe he had zero points or at least zero made field goals. Um, the thing that I noticed right away in that first op- in the opening game against Memphis was how strong the Pacers bench is whenever they brought in Tyreek Evans and DeMontis Sabonis the, and the rest of the bench squad, the game just blew open. I believe the bench might've, might've stretched the lead out to 15, 16 points there in the first quarter. And then the Pacers never looked back. So a dominating performance. Uh, completely controlled the game and, and whooped up on Memphis. Then their next game against Milwaukee Bucks, the Pacers went. It was a it was an away game at Milwaukee. Milwaukee was opening a brand new stadium, and there's a lot of buzz. Obviously, Milwaukee has a new coach this year with Bud. Or what's his name? Maybe Budenholzer is the last name. What's his first name? Bud. Bud Budenholzer. Bud Budenheimer? I don't know. He's a coach um, that is well-respected around the league. He won 60 games with the Atlanta Hawks a couple seasons ago. And uh, so new coach from Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's one of the favorites this year in the East. And they showed it. They whooped up on our Pacers. Um, Really, it got up above 10 points. And I think the Pacers may have got it down to within four points one time in the third quarter before eventually just the lead ballooned again, and it never really was a game. I know Giannis looked great in that game. Um, The Milwaukee Bucks were just raining threes, and the Pacers, they just, they struggled um, in that game, and they lost. And then the next game, which was last night against the Nets, it was another blowout win for the Pacers. So they crushed the two teams that they should have crushed. They got crushed by a team that I would have liked to see them beat. Milwaukee is a team that I see as a peer to the Pacers this year. Um, it'll be inter- interesting to see how we match up against them next game whenever they come to uh, Indianapolis. But from a bird's eye perspective, the Pacers are 2-1 and one to start the season. Um, I'm glad to see that they they got the two wins that they did. 
I would have liked to see them play the Bucks better, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, so let's just go through some of the notes that I've taken, just watching some of those games. And um, first, I want to start off with some of the off-court notes. It came it came about during the Memphis Grizzlies game that against Mike Conley. So Mike Conley is a, a guy, point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, who is from Indianapolis. And one of the announcers said something along the lines of, you know, oh, Mike Conley from Indianapolis. He's one of 11 Indianapolis players in the NBA. And I was thinking, damn, 11 NBA players from Indianapolis. I was like, who could that be? Um, obviously, being an IU fan like myself, I knew Yogi Ferrell was from Indianapolis. Um, I knew that Gary Harris, uh, shooting guard for the Denver Nuggets, he was from Indianapolis. But I was struggling to remember, you know, very many else. So I went ahead and looked it up. And the list is Yogi Ferrell, Mike Conley, Jeff T, Trey Lyles, Eric Gordon, George Hill, Gary Harris, Gordon Hayward, Courtney Lee, Shelvin Mack. And there's one other guy that I don't know who that is, but I found 10 of the 11. So maybe whoever's listening knows the last person that I'm missing here, but I just found that to be fascinating. 10 guys or 11 guys from Indianapolis, all in the NBA. You can almost feel the whole team. Um, I would also, I would, it would also be interesting to see how many players from other cities, like what the count is, like how many players are from Chicago? Well, I know Chicago has some good players actually with Derrick Rose, Jabari Parker, Anthony Davis. Those are three guys I know are from Chicago, you know, New York City, LA. It'd be interesting to see all the different cities and, and the, the breakdown of the players that came from there. Not that it really matters, but um, that's why it's just an off-court note. One of the things I noticed in opening night that I loved was the cornrows. You know, it's harvest time in Indiana. The combines are rolling. Um, and it was good to see Corey Joseph rocking the cornrows. And he must have uh, convinced Aaron Holiday to do the same. Both those guys are looking sharp. I love the cornrows. Um, they both have them. Like, I remember back in early 2000s when it was a really popular haircut that they were the cornrows were like longer almost like longer hair but cornrowed and then they kind of um kind of like waterfall in the back where Corey joseph his is he's got that it's only on the top and same with aaron holiday which i think that looks pretty cool and another thing i noticed um well not noticed but one thing that i thought was interesting was i found an article that miles turner wrote for a media source, media outlet called Players' Tribune. And if you're not familiar with the Players' Tribune, I would recommend checking it out. Um, I wasn't sure what that was until reading this article from Miles Turner, but it's basically a website or a media company set up by Derek Jeter that um, athletes can write articles or uh, share videos directly to fans rather than going through a reporter or a journalist. I just thought that's pretty interesting that there's those, like a company like that, you, you know, uh, might be the way of the future. Like for athletes to not have to go through different channels to get their 
message out. They can go right through this uh, this platform. So what it was was Miles um, Turner wrote an article after he signed his contract extension or new contract. It was a, it's a new contract uh, with the Pacers, the four year deal that was worth seventy two million and could go up to eighty. Uh, so his the title of this article that he wrote is called Indiana Has No Chill. And it was fascinating because I didn't realize this, but at at Banker's Life Fieldhouse, they have two dedicated sections of the Fieldhouse for they're called like fan zones. Well, Miles Turner actually backs one of the fan zones and he calls it the Turner block. And the fascinating thing is. He actually has tryouts. So he has a tryout for people in the community to come in and they get 20 seconds to basically try to impress him. And he votes yes or no on if they get into the Turner block. Um, so <clears throat> so in this article that Turner wrote, he was going through examples and like um, one lady came in in the wedding dress and like asked him to like, you know, will you accept me into your Turner block and kind of kind of like proposing. Um, there are just all sorts of these wacky stories. But I thought that was pretty cool uh, that he's actually goes and tries these people out. So when I go to the game on, I believe it's December 9th, I, I'm going to definitely be checking for this section. I think it's like section 101 or something. And uh, I just thought that was kind of cool. And then also I was it was it was cool to stumble upon that website. I'm definitely going to check that out because there's quite a few athletes that um, submit things, submit things onto this platform. So if you haven't checked that out, it's called Players Tribune. And uh, I, I think it's worth a list, worth a visit. Um, all right. Let's get back to the court here and talk about some of the things that I've noticed after three games. Um, some positive things to start with. I mean, a, a two and one start. It's basically, I would say, kind of on par with what what I figured or I think what everybody expected the Pacers to do. I mean, nobody really it's, the you know, going up and beat and beating Milwaukee on the road for their stadium opener. That would be a tough task. Um, had the Pacers done that, you know, expectations would be running high, which would be great. But they didn't get that done. So now it's kind of like, well, that's kind of what we expected. So. Um, they're not going to win every game. But some of the things that I thought looked great were um, Tyreek Evans and DeMontis Sabonis coming off the bench. Those two dudes, I don't know of a single weapon off the bench on any other team that could really compete with that dynamic duo of Sabonis and Ty Tyreek, at least past these first, well, two games, because Sabonis bruised his knee in the Milwaukee game and, and sat out the Nets game. I don't think there's anything to really be concerned about there, um, which actually opened the door for Kyle O'Quinn to get some minutes, which was, I'm going to get into that a little later here. But um, yeah, so Tyreek Evans, after three games, is averaging 13 points, four boards, four assists. That's only in 22 minutes of action. And Sabonis, through two games, 13 points, 14 rebounds, and two assists. So that's quite the bench attack. Um, in that opener against Memphis, that's whenever I was like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. Sabonis had eight points and eight rebounds in the first eight minutes of action. Uh, Sabonis is averaging six offensive rebounds per game, which I have to imagine that's 
leading the league in the whole NBA in rebounds. I would think that that's got to be up there. One of the things that Sabonis does really well is follow up his own shots. So he might take a shot and, uh, you know, miss it, but he'll be right there to grab it. Um, Obviously, six offensive rebounds per game is just incredible. The next best pacer in offensive rebounding is Miles Turner and Kylo Quinn. They're both average, averaging two, two offensive rebounds a game. So he's getting three times as many offensive rebounds as, as Miles and Kylo Quinn. Um, so definitely, you know, the Pacers having that dynamic duo of Sabonis and Tyreek uh, makes them a very, very dangerous team because it's, it, and we saw it in Memphis, it was like the starters kind of played even. Um, and then when the bench came in, just blew the doors open. And so, that might be something to watch out for this season as the Pacers, um, you know, go on against better teams. It's, you know, that might be a way where we can uh, get some get some points on, uh, like, what am I trying to say here? That will help the Pacers differentiate themselves from other good teams because of the strong bench, um, which goes right into another thing that I noticed. One of the strengths of the Pacers is they have a very balanced attack. You know, you have... Oladipo, who's head and shoulders above everybody, but then there's just a huge, huge slew of guys that all are kind of interchangeable. As of after three games, the Pacers have six guys averaging more than 10 points a game, and then you actually have Thad Young averaging nine, Corey Joseph at 8.7, and Darren Collison at 7.7. All three of those guys, I think, potentially could average 10 points a game, so you could be looking at a roster with nine dudes averaging 10 points a game. Um, I don't know if that's sustainable throughout the whole season. I did look at some of the other teams because I was wondering, you know, is that something that is unique to the Pacers or is that pretty common amongst the league to have six guys averaging 10 points or more? Um, The deepest team in the league, I think, the Boston Celtics, I started there. And they have, just like the Pacers, they have six players averaging 10 or more. Um, then I checked out another team, just uh, just an average team, the Charlotte Hornets. They only had three guys in double figures. So I think it is something of uh, kind of unique to the Pacers to have six guys averaging double digits, but um, they're not, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just a stat, but it does go to show that the Pacers have a very balanced attack and the fact that they've got the strong bench, the balanced attack. You know, I think that's a good recipe for it makes up for the fact that we don't have the three superstars or the four superstars, hell, the five superstars that some of these teams have. We only have our one superstar in Vic. um, And then we just have a bunch of other guys that play hard. And, um, you know, either any of those guys can step up and have big games on a given night. Um, Another another thing I noticed that was that's going awesome is Doug McDermott is hitting threes. I know on some of my my episodes I've had during the preseason, I was calling him out because he was just shooting the ball awful. But, man, and now now that the big lights are on, regular season's here, uh, McDermott's stroking the ball. He's 9 of 16 from three, which um, that's it's like 50-some percent from three-point line. I mean, that's amazing. Any Anywhere over 40% is great. So the fact that he started off the season hot is very encouraging. Another guy who started out hot is Bojan Bogdanovic. He may have led the team in scoring that first game against Memphis, dropped a stinker in Milwaukee, and then had a nice bounce back game against Brooklyn. Um, if you combine Bojan and Dougie McFresh, 
from three-pointer, they're 15 of 24. So, you know, well above 50, closer to 60%, I believe. But let's see, what would that be? That'd be five of eight. So, I don't know, you can do the math on that one. But they're shooting the lights out to start the season um, for McDermott and Bojan. So that's great to see. Um, talk about Oladipo here. I have mixed emotions. Like he's definitely, definitely hasn't regressed. I don't think he's worse than last year, but I don't think I have seen anything that makes me think that he's better than last year or ready to take that, you know, next superstar conversation type step. Like, especially in the game against Milwaukee, it was obvious that Victor was not the best player on the court. It was, it was Giannis. Victor, um, as good as he is, just has not shown quite the, um, I don't know, like he's averaging 22 a game. Like I was, I thought if he was going to take that next step, he'd be averaging about 27, 28 points a game. He is shooting the ball surprisingly well. Um, he's taking uh, a lot of charges. I think I've seen him take, I know three. He's maybe taken more than three. Um, that's pretty rare, I think. I don't know if there's many other superstars that, take charges during games. But um, one thing that Victor needs to dial in here is his free throws. And this was something that I know he talked about last year. He's starting the season here shooting 50%, which is pretty rough because he's one of our guys that gets to the line the most. As a team, I'd say the Pacers don't get to the free throw line that often. But Victor's are one of those guys that he gets there the most probably from all, from all the Pacers. And having him only shooting 50% has kind of hurt us. And I think I think once he gets that dialed in, you know, an extra three points a game, now you're talking he's at 25 rather than 22, and it just looks a lot better. So that's something to keep an eye out for um, from Oladipo. You know, is he going to make that – is he going to stay the same, regress, or or jump up from last year? And right now I would say he's just kind of stayed the same. Um, but just say, you know, he's still a hell of a player. But we're we're hoping for that next jump, especially if the Pacers are going to be an elite team in the East, a team that could maybe make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We have to have a player that can compete at the level of someone like Giannis Antetokounmpo, someone like uh, Kawhi Leonard, or uh, you know like Ben Simmons, something like that. Like someone, we need Victor to be one of those guys that can just dominate the game. That looks like he's obviously the best player. And, um, you know, he, he, he's not there yet. Uh, another thing I noticed, our new guys, the new free agent signings, you know, Kyle O'Quinn, Doug McDermott, and Tyreek Evans, they're making an immediate impact right away. All three of those guys seem to be gelling with the team. Um, with Sabonis being out last game against Brooklyn, it opened up a lot of minutes for Kyle O'Quinn, and he delivered. He ended up with... I want to say he had seven or 16 points and eight boards. He had a block, a couple, maybe, well, I know at least one block shot. And I just love the way Kyle O'Quinn, I love his presence on the floor. I feel like with our team, um, you know, Kyle O'Quinn's kind of the, the boasterous one. He's, he's yelling, um, he's smiling, he's having fun. He's got a lot of energy. He's kind of got that contagious energy. Um, and that's been great to see, like, you know, having him as, as someone that can back up, especially if Turner goes down a couple games or, you know, with, with Sabonis out a couple games, it's nice knowing that we have a serviceable big man 
We don't have to play Al Jefferson. We get to play Kyle Quinn, who can actually be a positive out there rather than just uh, you know a negative. Uh, Tyreek Evans has looked fantastic. I mentioned that pick and roll with him and and, and Domas has been it, it it's so good. Like Domas comes to set the screen. Tyreek hangs onto the ball until that very last second. He makes that that back defender come out on him, and then he drops it off to Sabonis, who usually misses the first one, and then, but he's so quick and grabs the offensive rebound and puts it back in. Um, Tyreek's hit the hit the three a little bit, and uh, but he's also struggled from the free throw line. So you know, I, but overall, Tyreek's looking great. At Thirteen points, four rebounds, leading the team with four assists a game. Um, he's got a great assist to turnover ratio. He's at three to one to start the season. And, you know, he looks like a great addition, way, way, way better than Lance Stevenson. So if you look at it from that perspective, right, it's like, all right, Kyle O'Quinn is taking Al Jefferson's minutes. Big thumbs up. Tyreek Evans taking Lance's minutes so far. Big thumbs up. And then Dougie McDermott, when he's splashing threes like that, and he's thrown down a couple dunks, too. Um, he looks good. He looks he looks, uh, I mean, when he's hitting threes, it's like, thank God. I don't know whose minutes that would have been last year, but McDermott is in the rotation. He's nailing threes, and uh, he's actually averaging over, he's one of the guys in double figures. Um, let's see, what do we got next here? Uh, so that was the first three games, right? So the Pacers are 2-1. and one. They're positioned just fine. Uh, but now they're going to go on a little road trip. So the next three games are on the road. Monday, tomorrow, they're at Minnesota to face the T-Wolves. Um, that's going to be a tough one. Minnesota just got beat last night by the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, but also Minnesota's a team that you, one would think is in turmoil with their best player, Jimmy Butler, not getting along with their other best player, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so Minnesota definitely has a lot of talent. It'll be a that'll be a very very good challenge for the Pacers. Very similar, I would say, to like the Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to be on the road. Let's see if we can go up there and at least keep the game close. If we're if you know, I'd like to see a win, but um, it's tough to win on the road, especially against solid teams. Um, so yeah, Mondays at at the Timberwolves. Wednesday we go to San Antonio, going down to Texas, go up against Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, Greg Popovich, San Antonio is not what they were the past couple seasons, but they still have two all-stars. They still have the best coach, arguably, in the league, and it's going to be a tough place to win. So, um, yeah, that's that'll be an interesting game to see as well. And then Saturday, a, a division rival here, the Pacers go to Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers, who are – Struggling this season so far. Cavs are 0-2. Um, so if we just kind of took it, look at look at the season in kind of three-game sprints. Um, the first three games were, I would say, on par. We did kind of what we thought we would do. Probably if you looked at the odds from Vegas, the uh, Pacers won the games that they were favorited in. And I would assume that the Bucks were favorited. Favorited? Were the favorites in um, in that game. And so the Bucks won. So we're just kind of going on par with this next set of three games. Having them all be on the road is kind of scary. Uh, the potential to lose all three is definitely there. Um, but I think the Pacers 
to stay on par would be to win another two of these games. I think you got to win that game in Cleveland. Cleveland sucks. We've got to beat Cleveland on Saturday. Monday against Minnesota and Wednesday against San Antonio, you got to split one of those. So if you want to be a team that's going to be, you know, top three, four, five in the Eastern Conference, you got to win some games on the road. And it starts, you know, right now. So Monday, get a win, or Wednesday, get a win. So I think if we finish, if we get two of these next three games, I'm going to consider that to be par. Um, obviously, a birdie, which would be awesome, where would be if the Pacers won all three of these games. And then we'd be looking at a 5-1 and one record. Um, you'd be looking at the Eastern Conference standings, and you'd be seeing the Pacers right up there in the top two or three seeds. And uh, we'd be, we'd, we'd, you know, that'd be, that would be amazing. That's what would have happened had we beat Milwaukee. We'd be 3-0. and um, Another thing to look out for, I mentioned just briefly earlier, was Sabonis. He banged his knee against, um, I think he hit Giannis Antetokounmpo in that Milwaukee game and sat out against the Nets. Uh, so we need a healthy, healthy Sabonis, who's uh, potentially going to be sixth man of the year at this pace. I mean, if he's grabbing 14 points, 15 rebounds a game, just being a monster, then, you know, I don't know how you don't give him sixth man of the year. But let's see a healthy Sabonis. Hopefully we get at least two wins um, between now and next Saturday. And, um, you know, we'll check in on the Pacers later than that. Um, let's see. I don't know if I've got much else to say about this. Uh, it's been fun to watch the Pacers. It's good to have basketball back and uh, appreciate you guys for checking out my podcast. Take care, stay grateful. That's one of the things that, uh, I try to remind myself of, uh, as much as possible to be grateful for the gift of life, you know, not to get too deep here, but it's, uh, it is a Sunday and Sundays are a time that I like to reset and kind of mentally prepare for the next week. You know, what am I going to try to do? What do I want to get accomplished? Um, what did I fail at the last week? And, you know, I'm just kind of rambling now. I didn't really, I don't necessarily do that that much. But um, yeah, one of these days, see, I'm, what I'm trying to do here is, is talk about something besides basketball. But I, um, you know, I don't feel that comfortable doing it yet. So maybe eventually, but thanks for hanging on there, guys. And I'll be back later and talk to you later. Peace. And I'm back. I'm saying screw it. Now's the time to practice, right? Um, so if I want to talk about other things, I'm going to talk about them. And, you know, I was on a run today. And I was thinking about, I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I spend a lot of time questioning what I'm doing. Like, am I, am I focused on the right things? Like, whether that be work or um, basically just like all these different areas of life, am I spending the right amount of time on these things like be like, should I be uh, like an athlete? Should I be an intellectual? What about creativity? What about um, like, you know, being a good person, like volunteering or uh, going above and beyond and being like a great husband? Should I be a dad? 
should I be, I'm not, I'm not a dad right now, by the way, but it's like, is that something I should do? Should I focus on my career more? Should I focus on what I like, what is easy for me? Like what's more fun? Um, you know, like a life of like, like weighing the balance between the responsibility I have to myself and the responsibility that I have to others. So it's like, do I try to just kind of level up my own life or do I focus on helping other people? And like, what, it's kind of like, what is the meaning, which is kind of a cliche thing to say, but like, what's the meaning of life or, or what should I aim for? You know, like, that's kind of the thing. It's like, what, what is it? that I like, where's my target? What am I trying to do here? Um, and that target is probably something that's like, okay, for this next week, what am I trying to do? And I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting better at doing that as far as like what I said before I kind of pussied out and quit earlier. It's like, sorry for saying pussy. Uh, (laughs) I know my wife listens to this, so sorry, Lance. Um, yeah, see, it's like, okay, is podcasting really for me? (laughs) Uh, this is tough. This is tough, but it's okay. This is what it, this is what it's about. Um, like I, I love listening to other people's podcasts. So that's why I feel this calling to try to have my own. Um, but it's frustrating because I don't feel confident on this mic. So I just got to get out here, keep trying it, like keep doing these reps. Um, So let me go back and finish kind of what I was thinking about earlier there. It's what to aim for, right? Do I want to be a successful businessman? Do I want to be the best uh, runner that I can be? Do I want to be the best podcast host that I can be? Do I want to be the best husband that I can be? Do I want to be the best son, the best brother, the best friend? You know what I mean? Like there's all these different areas in one's life that are deserving of attention. And one of the things that I struggle with is, okay, like what do you do, right? Can you do it all? Or should you even think about it all? Um, Maybe one of the answers is this idea that I learned from Jordan Peterson, which is uh, something I like along the lines of, you know, you pick up as much as you can carry. And to me, what that means is, you know, maybe you look at your skills, you look at what you're good at, you look at like the capabilities that you have as a person and you, you, you shoulder that burden for yourself Um, and for others and for your family. And so all these different areas that I just mentioned, like, you know, being the best brother or, or husband or coworker, or, uh, you know, you name it. It's like, well, just do, you know, carry what you can carry and, and work at what you, what you can work on. And it's amazing because I feel like I'm getting better at doing these things but it's disappointing at the same time because I realize like if you, if, if you just never, th- okay, let, let me, let me give an example. Like if I never thought about what kind of brother I was, 
I have, I have two younger brothers. And if I never thought about, I wonder what my two brothers think of me as a brother. Like, you know, do they think of me as someone who's got their back, as someone who cares for them, who loves them? Like, if I didn't think about that, does, would I be aware of the fact that I tend to be someone who can be pretty distant and I don't necessarily um, keep in touch that well? You know, whereas like, okay, if I actually think about this, if I think about my relationship with my brothers and the value that that is to me, then it's like, well, I have to recognize the fact that I don't do the best job of staying in touch. And knowing that or seeing that, it calls me to action. Action being um, like call your brothers more or text your brothers more or go visit your brothers more. Um, and that's just the brother piece, but it also goes to the son and to the coworker and to the friend and to the husband and to the in-law or like, you know what I mean? Like all these different hats that we wear as people. It, it's like, I know I could do better in all these things. And so I guess like I'm just kind of venting a little bit here, but it, it it sometimes it feels overwhelming, but it's a challenge that I can't imagine not trying to to take on, right? Like once you see your shortcomings, or once you see even you know like um, yeah, it's like okay, I I know that I that I can be someone who is selfish. Like I know I'm I can be someone who doesn't like to try new things. I know I'm someone that likes to be in a routine and just like grind it out just like that. Like there was a time in my life when every single day after work, I come home, crack some beers, play NBA 2K. And like I could be perfectly comfortable there at that point in my life. That was something that I felt. I felt safe. I felt content. I felt happy. I was being entertained. I wasn't being challenged. Um, it was just something that was like, you know, like easy. And so when I asked the question, what do you aim for? It's like, okay, so do you aim for just like, that's just kind of a low level aim in my opinion. It, it's, it's like, all right, well, you're just kind of surviving. A higher level aim is whenever I think you examine these different areas of your life and you look to see where you can improve on them. But the flip side of that, and this is where I feel sometimes, or especially now, is like, all right, I see these things, I'm acting on them, but I, like it's new and it's hard and it's confusing and it challenges me. So like being on this podcast right now, recording this podcast, it's like, it kind of sucks because I... Like, I want to do it, but I don't know how to do it. And I don't have necessarily, or I don't believe I have the skills to make it like something that anyone would want to listen to. And then I also have this voice that's like, why do you, why are you even doing this? Like, why are you trying to get people to listen to this in the first place? And the answer really is I'm, I'm not doing this for other people to listen to. I'm doing this because I'm passionate about basketball. Like, I love watching basketball and I feel this need to be more creative. And then I also 
feel like this is a project that I can do that is taking the place of drinking beer and playing 2K, right? So I don't know where I'm really necessarily going with that. I guess, you know, the question was like, what do you aim for? And so I would just encourage anybody out there to aim for more than, than what you're doing now. Like, like make sure that you're carrying a load that is, um, that makes you proud that you're carrying it. So, um, but probably on the flip side there though, you know, you could pick up too much and you could fall. And maybe that's what I, maybe that's what I'm doing, you know, getting on this mic and talking a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> it's like, it's embarrassing. And, and, uh, you know, like maybe I'm falling or, you know, trying to, that that's actually kind of true because like, all right. So it's like, I'll, I'll set these, um, I'll set these goals. I'll be like, all right, I need to, I want to call my brother one day, my mom the next day. I want to do something special for my wife on that day. I want to work out super hard four days a week. I want to do all of these different things. And then it's like, it's good. It's like, yeah, you're recognizing that you're, you're aiming high, but then it's like, I'm kind of hard on myself or disappointed in myself when I don't reach those goals. Right. But that's just part of it too. I think it's like, you never, you're never going to get there unless you shoot for it. And you just have to deal with kind of the, the bumps and bruises that you take along the way. Um, so for me and this podcast, it's like, you just have to deal with the fact that you're not going to be smooth, like Colin Cowherd or Joe Rogan you know, on the first couple episodes, like you're not going to be smooth, um, you know, but you can get better. And that's what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my, uh, I guess that's me preaching on Sunday and to, it actually, it doesn't matter if you're listening to it. Great. But it's kind of just a self-discovery tool, I, I would, I guess, for me right now. This podcast is, it's, uh, it's almost like trying to become better at communicating and trying to stick to something. Um, I'm one of those people who, I'm either hot or cold. Like I, I get super hot about something. Like it could be a workout or it could be running, and I could go like really well for three weeks, and then boom, I fall off. I do a week of zero miles and, you know, it's kind of like, all right, with this podcast, uh, this was my seventh episode. So I'm getting, I mean, one of the things that I'm really proud of is getting it on iTunes. Um, but like, there's gotta be more. And I know that if I want to have a podcast, like, I don't even know necessarily what my goals are for it, but I think I'll know it once I start to achieve them. And so right now, my goal is to just keep being consistent with this, keep putting episodes out. And really, I want to be able to talk the way I'm talking now while I'm also talking about the Pacers. Like, I'm not trying to have a Pacers only X's and O breakdown. I want a podcast that's got some spirit to it, that has like my heart and my passion. And um, I think that's ultimately what will um, be something that is worth sharing is is me figuring out how to 
express myself into this little meteor mic and onto this computer and then uh, onto everybody's phones. So I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm glad that I got back on the mic and I'm going to go from there. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Not watching. See? Thanks for listening. And um, have a good week. And push yourselves. Push yourselves, damn it. All right. Peace.